Okay. So um, what, what name did we decide on we're going to go with for this? I don't know. Maybe something like, uh, like just like a regular name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Let's go with, um, let's go with. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to Rec America. <laughs> Your first Rec America. Yes, interview. sir. All right. Look. Uh, so let me, let's, let's start with, uh, how are you doing with, with all this Corona stuff? How's well, the world shaking out? You know, my world's not too much different. Um, my job's been deemed essential, so I'm still working. It's slowed down a little bit, so it's a little scary. As a small business owner, it's, um, it's something that you always, you don't really think about and you don't really prepare for necessarily in this type of manner. But uh, I'm kind of grateful that I'm able to work as much as, I, uh, as much as I can right now. Like, for instance, today, I have a couple of appointments that I can you know, make and do. And it's, it's been kind of nice being able to do that. But my home life isn't really that much different. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. really do too much outside of work. So, I mean, uh, okay. you know, that's okay. just the way it is. So, so things slow down, but you're, 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 uh, you're otherwise making it. Okay. Yeah, what so about, on. yeah. What about, um, and this get, kind of gets into questions I want to kind of talk to you about, but uh, how's, um, how's your recovery going? With, with recovery light of, going, in light of this and just, you know, wherever we want, however you want to answer that question. It's, it's different. You know, there's a lot of uh, forums that I'm a part of now that are doing uh, meetings like this, yeah. um, meetings, virtual meetings and stuff like that. So, you know, the message gets passed across and that's what really is, that's what matters. But sometimes it's different in a sense for myself because I'm a people people person. I like to interact with people, like right. even hugs, handshakes, right. whatever it is. You can't do that. And so you get the message in this in the spiritual message, but the camaraderie is not really there. And so I'm kind of missing that a little bit. Yeah. But in, in the end, my spiritual condition is it's pretty good. So for someone like me, I'm going to be okay. Maybe for someone new coming into this thing, uh, I kind of feel for them because it, that, that, that's that camaraderie um, and it, that, that face-to-face -face thing is, it, it, it was key to me. And, and hopefully it's a, we, we can get back to normal basically. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. Well, look, um, that, and that kind of segues into, um, wanted to ask you in terms of just, your, this is your first, um, uh, uh, conversation with the Rector America audience. So, um, can you share something about the, the act out behaviors that brought you into the rooms of recovery? Absolutely. Um, where do I begin? Well, at the beginning. I can always begin. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning, you know. I, I guess, you know what, I, I can start at the beginning of, uh, of, of when I started to notice that things were going downhill, you know, yeah. and, and it stopped becoming fun. In recovery, you know, you you don't ever start out on a low note. The reason why I became addicted to my substance was because I had a lot of fun doing it at first. You know, it it, it was it was an escape, and it was something that I always had a good time with. As alcohol and being a a, a young man, I didn't really get that many hangovers, and if I did, I recovered real quick, and and I didn't have that much responsibility. But then once I started 
abusing it too much and and being a little bit, I guess, lack of a better phrase, crazier than my peers who I saw drinking a lot. And they started saying, man, you you got a little crazy last night. I said, you know what? Maybe I did. I get. I guess so. And when they, when they started seeing things kind of going downhill, that's when I started feeling a bit more lonely and outsideish because mm. of the fact that um, I, I started to become different and feel different. And so once that started happening, I wanted to escape more and more. And so I wanted to drink more and more. And I started to black out more and more. And I started wow. to become uh, more lonely and more sad. And my friends started, you know, loving me from afar. And that's not really the type of person I am. And, and so when those things started happening, I became more depressed, more sad, more lonely. And then rock bottom for me wasn't necessarily being in, you know, a hole up in a, in a hotel room, almost homeless. Rock bottom for me was was pushing the the, way, the people who I loved away, the people who who um, always looked up to me and I looked up to, they, they started becoming more distant. My family and friends started hurting them because they didn't want to see me hurt myself and I just I just stopped caring. And so that's what kind of brought me into these rooms is is being rock bottom and of about to lose everything. And, 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 and I'm grateful that I was able to see that I was about to lose everything before I lost everything. Mm. And so one day my mom, you know, thank God for her, you know, my mom's always been my number one. She said, Hey, do you want to go into a recovery center? And at that time I just said, you know what? Um, I had nothing else to lose. I was already beaten and battered by what alcoholism had given to me, both, positively at first but then the huge negative waves that it has started to give into me lately and I just said okay yeah and you know what <laughs> I've tried every little everything else to try and stop drinking and I I don't know what else to do maybe these guys might have a solution and well thank goodness they did so you went to a, a treatment center you got yourself into yes, a treatment sir. center okay all right yep. all right and and once you got out of the treatment center did you then did you go into 12 step is that how you move from that from treatment center to 12 step or was there any any break between the treatment center and getting into actual the rooms of recovery was there any break so and and that's one thing i was also grateful for as well too is my my recovery center was very 12 step oriented okay you know? okay yeah you know uh i i've never been in another recovery center before but okay. I've heard that some other recovery centers aren't 12 step oriented. And if that works for you, that works for you. You yeah. know, that, that, that's, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever bash anything that might work for somebody in a positive sure. way. But for me, I'm glad I was able to get the 12 step recovery kind of, you know, beat into me, you know, okay. Uh, okay. because right. that's what we did. We, it, it was, it gave me a big book from the, my very first day and said, this is what we're doing. We were going to AA meetings on the very first day. It was, it was like that. Um, and it wasn't so clinical. It was just, Hey, you're going to be in a house with 20 different dudes who are going to be doing a 12 step recovery. When, when's the soonest you can get a sponsor, you need to go get a sponsor right now. Okay. Well, that's, that's, I guess that's what I'm going to be doing. And so from the very beginning, it was all 12 step oriented. Gotcha. Gotcha. Was it, Chet, was there a, a specific, uh, talk about a true bottom. Was there a specific experience that, that defined for you? you know, what, what your true bottom was? How would you, how would you define that? Ah, man. Um, 
Okay. I got a story for you. Um, so I remember I, I, I'm an, I grew up as an only child. And so the friends that I grew up with, I considered family. I had okay. grown up with um, a couple of, uh, of other guys that were, on my, that were my same age, that were my next door neighbors. And I considered them brothers to me. I was, we hung out every day. We did everything from, you know, since I can remember. It, I think I had moved into my house and they were living there when I was two years old. And so I grew up with these guys. And one of them was a little bit closer to my age and we hung out every day, almost every day. And um, I mean, till I was, I mean, to, to these days, it's, he's a person you know, I consider a close brother to me. Right. Um, I remember getting in trouble with alcoholism and him is what I was talking about when I was speaking about other people who were wanting to be distant from me. He was one of the people but he was still there for me as a loving friend and family member. Uh, he was having a wedding and he wanted me to be one of his uh, groomsmen. And I remember that I had told everybody I had stopped drinking. I was, I mean, I was really trying to, but I was still hiding it. And it's what we, a lot of us do. We think we're all slick hiding it, but everyone else right. knows. Everyone knows about this. Um, and he had asked me one day, I, I, I got drunk one night and I think a couple of days later, he, he calls me up and says, hey man, I just wanted to know what, what, what had happened the other day. Did, did you drink? Of course, you know, I wanted to lie about it. And I did. I lied to him. I said, no, man, you know, this is what happened. He goes, dude, I know you drank. And I wanted to know if I could trust you. And this is the moment where I cannot say I fully trust you anymore. And you can no longer be in my wedding. Wow. And I was someone who's, like I said, the closest thing that I had to a brother. Right, right. And, wow. you know, there were many moments like that, but I remember that was the first one that really hit me like, really hard. That was a huge consequence of my alcoholism. Right. Um, there were many more like that. You know, I blacked out, did some crazy things here and there, but I, that one really stuck out to me. That one really stuck out to me. <laughs> Let's let's try and uh, um, thank you for sharing it. Let's let's try and one eighty from there. Is there something? Okay. Is there something on the on the on the upside that an experience uh, that you've had since getting into recovery that that you couldn't have imagined could happen for you positively? That you you know because you because you've done the work because you're in the rooms because you you've submitted yourself to to the steps. Is there some some highlights, some upside. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's many uh, upsides, obviously. I've been sure, just, covered for a little over eight years, or actually okay. almost nine years now, geez. Um, but I, I can tell you a story that I, I, I tell a lot of people um, that was something along the lines of my downside, where I felt the presence of God and the spiritual existence within my body and it was about 10 months into my sobriety I remember walking outside of my back patio that I was living at and feeling like like everything was okay 
not everything was going to be okay or or I was working to achieve something, but I felt this overwhelming spiritual contentness that I knew what I was doing right there and then was was something great was I had no mm. more questions about where I was and, and and how I was doing and there's no more fear that was that was in my my heart and my mind and my soul it was it was just like everything was okay in that moment and I just remember walking outside just going wow okay this is this is what sobriety and recovery and all this work that I'm putting in this is this is what it's all about I wasn't alone anymore I wasn't I had but this overwhelming amount of friends and, and, and new family members of, of, of Alcoholics Anonymous and recovery, imagine, had people who I was, uh, I, I could relate to that. So you were, you were, you're, you were at the point you were saying in terms of this, this overwhelming calm and sense of, of, of clarity about, about where you were in life at that moment? Yeah, I had no more fear. Yeah. I just had no fear, you know? I just knew that God was with me. And the spiritual sense that like like everything was was just okay, you know. And uh that's all I really wanted. That's all we ever really want is as human beings, just to feel loved and appreciated and safe without fear. Hmm. You, know, you you made you made a sorry to interrupt you. You you made a, 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 a I think a crucial distinction. Um, between everything was going to be okay and everything was okay, you were said you felt it not it was going to be okay. It was okay. Yes, that was yeah. That that was absolutely yeah. In that moment, you felt like just serenity. Mm-hmm. Is that absolutely. is that a good word? I mean, just serenity. Yeah, contentment. Just man, I I I'll ne- I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So let's let's um anything else any, 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 on either side. I'm gonna move on. Like another question, you know. But is, is there anything on either side of 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 you know? You you said two wonderful stories. One on on uh, on coming through, and then on mm-hmm. on yeah. Any if if you want, if nothing else, like we can move on. Any, anything mm-hmm. else on either side? You know, uh, one last thing, I guess, it, it, from my actual rock bottom was, uh, and, I'll, and I'll be completely honest and candid with people who might be struggling with uh, getting in trouble with the law. Um, you know, I uh, I have I have three DWIs. Okay. And um, and it's weird to say that and be somewhat proud of it. Mm. Not proud, I guess, being a criminal, in a, you know, in the in, in Harris County. Uh, but um, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm happy that it happened because I don't think if I wasn't that close to being jailed for years, um, that I would have changed my ways. My third mm. DWI, I remember the cop put me in handcuffs and saying, who do I need to call to let know that you're going to jail? And I said, all right, call, call my father. So he calls my father and he goes, Mr. So-and-so, um, your son is going to be a felon. 
because that's uh, you know your third DWI. And I, and I remember that. I mean, I was I was hammered. I don't remember too much else of anything that night, but I remember that. I remember that sentence happening. Yeah. Going, Just, oh, wow. Okay, this is real. This is it. So that was that was my rock bottom. And then now I have so many more stories of you know things that are so good in my life spiritual texts that I, I that I'm able to use to be able to better my life better my relationship with my friends and family and um my relate my relationship with my girlfriend and uh just life is good there's not really you know a, a um there's not anything else mostly that is huge in my life than that one time where I knew everything was okay because everything kind of is like that today, just not as sudden and hitting as that was. Yeah, though. gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, really got too much else. Yeah, okay, but, all right. Yeah, but thank you, thank you. But for for those that are listening, you know, for the audience, yeah, that 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 was your true true bottom and and that sentence, how that stuck with you. I mean, I could you know that that it, it sounds like that really just that kind of shook you to your core. Is that, yeah. is that, yeah, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's kind of shift gears here. Um, let's, let's pretend you're a superhero for a moment, <laughs> okay? Okay. So if, if you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Uh, man, um, <laughs> I, you know, um, to be able to, convince people that you know uh, my superpower will be able to 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 be a great speaker i yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's a superpower you know what i mean but yeah. to, to be a, uh, a great influencer yeah. you know okay yeah 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 i i, I remember it's, it's, you know, at the same time, that's that's all i can really think of i mean i can be a, uh, i want to be invisible or i can be indestructible or something like that but uh, you know what i want to be a you know be a little bit more realistic Okay. Yeah, a great influencer. A, a great, uh -huh. Okay. All right. That's that's, that's cool. I, I I remember in in uh, in school back in the day they used to say if you you know if you can't dazzle them with your brilliance, baffle them with your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, man, you hit the nail on the head right there, man. <laughs> I'm a salesman at heart. I'm not a car. I'm not a used car salesman. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not allowed, you know, sorry for anyone who's, who's listening and that might be a used car salesperson. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, I just lost that part of my audience. <laughs> so quick. We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat, baby. So that's your support. What's your kryptonite? What's your, yeah. My kryptonite is, um, I'm about to say beautiful women, but you know, <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, let's say uh, I'm real. I I can be kind of gullible, you know. Sometimes I want to believe in, in in the betterment of humanity, and I think uh, mm. I'm gullible to people who bullshit too. Mm. You know, I kryptonize people who bullshit too. You know, because wow. I want to believe in in. Uh, and everybody is always trying to be on the up and up. So I'm a very, very honest person. 
Wow. And I always believe that honesty from everyone else. And damn, people who who can bullshit me in a good way, man, can, it, it, they, I get taken advantage of a lot. Sometimes. Oh, wow. Wow. I do. I can. Isn't it? Wow. It's interesting. That's, it's the flip side, the same coin. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I never thought about that, you know? <laughs> wow. It's my, it's my kryptonite is I'm such a just, I, I just like to be real, really raw and real with everything that I say just because I always want to make sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from and I want to understand where everyone's coming from too and I always want to put everything out on the table and people who are able to you know slickly be able you know to influence me in a way with lies and deceit I can get easily you know deceived in in that way because I'm I just want to believe that everyone's kind of like me you know and that's kind of my my kryptonite interesting yeah. What's the single most important thing you've learned about yourself in recovery? Maybe, and maybe that's it. <laughs> but we, 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 we might have just nailed it, but anyway, but, but that's yeah. the question. What's the, what's the single most important thing you've learned about yourself in, from recovery? I never knew how loving and caring I could possibly be. Hmm. Um, that I just want to see humanity survive and and be great. I can see so much more in, in everybody and I want to see so much more in everybody. I didn't know how deep that could go. I didn't know how deep life as a, as a human being, as God's child, what the purpose is in living and I, I feel like, and I feel very strongly about this, that I have um, realized what the true purpose of life is. And that's a kind of a, of a profound thing to say. And I really feel like the true purpose of life and the true meaning of life is, is to help others. And what that really truly means is living by example, doing the next right thing and always reaching out a helping hand to anybody in need. And it's that, I think that's what has helped us survive throughout time. And that's what will continue to help us survive here in the future. Awesome. Awesome. You may have, you may have said it in terms of when you, um, when you answered about um, the third DWI, but um, what's the worst thing that's happened to you because of your addiction? Hmm. I think, you know, yeah, I, I have a, a pretty ugly background criminally. Um, I think uh, that I've, um, haven't been too kind to my body. Mm. I think I might have, you know, I think I might have effect, you know, uh, can't figure out the word. It's on the tip of my tongue, you know, some, some uh, residual effects, you know, okay. to my body. Okay future um but man I, it's hard for me to really say anything negative about my past it's it's kind of one of those cliche things is you know my past made made me who i am today oh, wow. okay. <laughs> and, and, and it really is i can't i can't really think of too much because i've gotten everything that i've ever wanted because of my past and that's just a weird thing to say but it's true that's awesome wow that's good yeah. that with the last two things you said, and that, that, that's a good segue 
um, the particular last thing, uh, we, in terms of making a difference, using what you, your experience, what you've been through your journey uh, for, for good, uh, uh, make something good of it, um, how do you think that this has shaped you or molded you to be able to make a difference in this world from, from where you've been, from your experiences? What is he, what is, how do you think it's equipped you to be able to do that? Is being able to sit down and listen and observe the people who I can see, who I feel like have it all. I mean, nobody really has everything that they might want, but you know, from my own perspective, I can see people who do have it all as far as being content and happy, joyous and free. I see and observe those people and I sit back and watch. And sometimes I go up to them and say, how do you do it? I mean, that's how I got my first sponsor to, I said, I saw that person, I go, wow, I want what they have. Yeah. And so what that, what that did for me was um, show me a new way of, of how to live and I, and I had these mentors throughout my time of sobriety to be able to teach me how to live life the right way what what I can say what is what is the right way another way of saying I, I, I want to ask you what's to make the difference that only you can make in this world what still Chet needs to change in you what what about you needs to change so you can be all that you can become. Basically, what are what are my flaws today? <laughs> okay. Character <laughs> defects. Okay. Um, I can be not too impatient. Like sometimes I'm I, I procrastinate. I'm a huge. I can be a huge procrastinator. Not in, you know, homework or work or appointments, you know what I mean? Things like that. Sometimes I could be a procrastinator in, in my recovery. Mm. Okay. I can say, you know what? Ah, oh, man, I'm not really feeling going to a meeting today or going to hang out with my sober friends and feeling that spiritual camaraderie. I can do it next week, you know? Because at first, when you're, you know, if anyone's who's listening, who, who, who's been in the same boat as me, when you're first in the, in the program and you're feeling it, you got the spiritual high and you're on this pink, it's what we call pink cloud where you're just like, man, it's a new way of life, I love it. You know, nothing can stop me. It's, you know, I, I had that for about a year and, or almost two years and I was going to meetings every single day and loving what I was doing and, and, I, and I still, you know, love what, I'm, what I do today. But after a while that uh, the sheen on, on sobriety just becomes a normal reality. It just becomes an everyday life. And so you get too content with it or you get too, and you start to procrast, pro, procrastinate mm -hmm. with, with recovery. You say, I, I, don't, I don't need to do this. I don't need to talk to my sponsor. I can, I can take care of this myself. I can do it tomorrow. And once I, what I've started to learn is that the longer I go and procrastinating, the more spiritually sick that I start to feel. I start getting more agitated easily. I start, you know, 
being discontent with things around me that just a week or two ago, I was just completely happy with having. And so those are, that's the type of things I need to work on was I need to be stronger in doing things and then here and now today and understanding what my recovery really means. And it's working a spiritual daily life of everything that I can, as in who, who can I help? Prayer, meditation, all these things are key to my recovery. And don't wait. Don't wait till it's till <laughs> till you're in the sticky. The sticky as in like um that snowball of of crap. Um you know, I, there, and I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I'm kind of went on a tangent, but I'll say this about people who I've heard in recovery is like, you know, I, I stopped going to meetings and I stopped doing this, and it, and it's like a snowball. You 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 go two weeks without going to a meeting or t- talking to people, and then all of a sudden it's a month and it's two months. And what I hear a lot of people whenever they they fall apart is that's those are one of the first things they they tell me. Man, I stopped going to meetings and I stopped talking to people. Man, I can't let myself do that. And so. That's pretty much it. I can't let myself do that. So what's your next move? My next move is to go on a virtual meeting, I guess, today. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a good one tonight, man, at 8, at, at 8 o'clock. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's it? All right. <laughs> Thank, thanks, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being on Wrecked America today. And, um, We'll, we'll we'll get back to you. We're glad to, glad you could make some time for us, and we definitely want to have you back another time. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I'll be looking forward to talking to you soon. Okay, man. You be well and uh, stay safe with this, all that's going on, and uh, make that meeting tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. You too. Yeah, all right. Talk to you, bro. Right. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.